It's the e-commerce master plan podcast here to help you grow your e-commerce business faster and more efficiently by cutting through the hype to bring you inspiration and guidance from the e-commerce sector and beyond. Here's your host, Chloe Thomas. Hello, Master Plan World. Welcome to our latest podcast. It's a pleasure to have you out there listening. I'm Chloe Thomas, creator of the e-commerce Master Plan. I'm an author, speaker and advisor, and I focus on e-commerce business strategy and marketing. You can join the chat about that and anything else e-commerce in our Facebook group at ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash Facebook. This podcast is sponsored by the marvellous Dotmailer, the SaaS marketing platform that enables companies to create, test and send data-driven automated campaigns, including email. But of course, Um, now you can head over to dotmailer.com for a free platform demo or a trial. And in the resources library, you can get completely for free the white paper that I wrote, yet me, uh, recently on artificial intelligence in email. It's well worth a read, even if I do say myself. And all of that is available at dotmailer.com. For now, though, let me introduce you to today's special guest. Now, PJ Jonas is the founder and CEO of Goat Milk Stuff. And unsurprisingly, you've probably worked out that what they do is they sell stuff made from goat's milk. And it started with soap and it's grown to all kinds of different things. Goat Milk Stuff is a family business that started on the kitchen table and now turns over in excess of $1 million a year. So I think we've got quite a lot to learn from PJ. Uh, Hello, PJ. Hi, Chloe. Thanks so much for having me today. It's great to have you on. And I've just given our listeners an incredibly quick overview of you and your business and where you've got to. But how did you get started off in e-commerce? You know, it really started out of what I needed for the family. I had I had gotten dairy goats because I wanted my children to have the healthy raw goat milk, and it wasn't something that I could find elsewhere. Mm-hmm. And then um, I ended up starting to make soap for them because I didn't want soap that had all sorts of chemical ingredients in it. And when I made the soap and put it in the shower, my husband started using it, and his fingers stopped cracking and splitting. Oh, wow. Yeah. And that was something he'd suffered with for years and nothing we'd ever tried been able to fix it. And by simply having him use the, our goat milk soap, that problem stopped. And I was like, wow, I, you know, I could do something with this. Yeah, that's quite, that's hugely powerful because any farmer who's suffering from that, that is a nightmare. Exactly. And so I, um, I have eight children and I homeschool them and Mm -hmm. I wanted a a business that I could manage while still raising eight very young children and, and homeschooling. And so the internet was the obvious choice, mm-hmm. uh, you know, as the best platform to be able to launch what we wanted to do. But that's simply because you know, obviously time is going to be tight, but it gave you the flexibility to do it when you wanted. You, you weren't tied to shop times or anything like that. Yeah, you know, and I could do it if I had a sick child and you know, run <laughs> back and forth and take care of them. I, you know, I didn't have to get up at a certain time to be able to get everything done. I could do it when it, it best fit into the family. And I could teach the children how to do a lot of it, um, even when they were very little. So that was something that, um, you know, it was kind of behind the scenes that not always everybody really realized how much the children were involved. Well, I suppose a, an e-commerce business ticks a lot of different curriculum areas, doesn't it? You've got maths, you've got um, science, you've got, especially in your business, you've got, you're going to have science, you're going to have um art, you're going to have English was the one I was failing to think of there, which is slightly embarrassing. Um, But it, it actually covers quite a lot of good learning points, I suppose. It really does. You know, public, dealing with customers, customer service is very, 
uh, difficult. We'll just put it that way. There's, you know, you have some very wonderful customers that are very easy to deal with, but you do have a lot of difficult customers. And so you put all your skills into, into effect and, you know, being able to learn as a, as a young person that not everybody is nice and you have to be able to deal with them professionally as well and be able to handle them and not take it personally Mm -hmm. is something that I think a lot of people miss out on until they're older and they have a, they struggle with it a lot more. Oh, yeah, I hadn't thought of it that way, but that is that's a really good schooling for later in life, isn't it? It is. And, you know, just, just the whole public speaking, being able to look someone in the eye, being, which you don't really do when you're just online, but you always end up dealing with them, you know, in, in, in person at some point um, and being able to, you know, it's so easy to miscommunicate on emails nowadays. People don't understand mm-hmm. your tone, that sort of thing. So be able to, to get that response in writing to accurately reflect what you're saying and to think, okay, well, how can this be interpreted or misinterpreted by the customer that I'm trying to help? That gives them an attention to detail that is really valuable as well. Cool. Well, look, I'm going to come back to how you've how you've grown the business and all the ways you've done that a little later on. But first off, let's just help everyone understand what the business is like right now. So you're in America. Do you just sell to the US or are you selling elsewhere as well? Well, we do ship our... Um our soaps overseas. It's, you know, unfortunately international shipping is so expensive that it's, uh, it's not always, um, price sensitive for a lot of people, but we do ship it worldwide. Okay. And, uh, and the product it's goat's milk soap and what else are you doing these days? Well, in, so I started the business in 2008 and then in 2015, we made the decision to become the first and only grade A goat dairy in the state of Indiana, which is where we live. Um, And what that means is that we're the only farm in Indiana that's legally able to sell fluid milk and fluid goat milk Mm -hmm. and um, yogurt, things like that. So we're now selling milk and yogurt, cheese, gelato, fudge, caramel, all of those sorts of food products as well. And that's primarily, that is, we do ship that to the United States, but that's primarily um, here on the farm. All right. So you're literally selling it, selling it it to consumers or to other businesses? Yeah, to other, to direct to retail. Um, We decided, we do have something of a wholesale business, but it's very minor and it's mostly for for wholesale customers that have come to us. Um, You know, our, our specialty is, is dealing directly with the public Mm -hmm. and, you know, it's, it's obviously more profitable, you know, directly. I mean, you spend more time and and there's, you know, there's, there's a lot of other extra kind of hidden costs that come Mm -hmm. with being primarily retail, but it's, it suits our strengths more at this time. But you do have those local retailers that you're selling the yogurts and the gelatos and the the milk to. Yeah, no, actually, that's all just straight here on the farm, the food oh, stuff. Cool. We, we have a hard time keeping up with it. We can barely wow. keep it in stock for, for us. So, yeah, we, we haven't moved out to other places yet. Oh, that's that's brilliant. Okay. And what platform is your website on? Are you a Shopify girl, a Magento girl or something else? We actually use Xcart. So, Ooh. you know, Shopify was, I don't, I never heard of it. I don't know if it was, it was existed back in 2008, but, um, we started, started with Xcart and we have a very, very highly customized Xcart shop right now. So best to stay where you are for the time being, cause it'd be a fairly major job to change once you've put all those customizations in, isn't it? It would be a very big job to change. You know, there's with Xcart, there's no ongoing fee, which is nice. Um, so it's it's working pretty well for us. Cool. And, uh, and as they say, if it ain't broke, why fix it? 
yeah, exactly. there's, there's always plenty of things that need attention. So why, why add something that's working to the list? Well, um, you know, and what I find is that there's a lot of customers who will tell you that your website is perfect and so easy and wonderful. And there are customers who will say, you're, you know, your website is terrible. I can't get it to work and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as you dig down through it, it's almost always user error when they say your website doesn't work, you know, and they can tell you they've done everything perfectly. And, you, you know, you spend time with them on the phone. And, and you can find usually they're using a capital or there you know there's an extra space somewhere or something and so I think it can be tempting to to switch platforms when you hear stuff like that but I don't know that there's any platform that doesn't have you know user error on it <laughs> yeah I think uh, I think everything's got user error even even the humble ballpoint pen has user error so exactly <laughs> I'm not sure you could ever escape that um so uh, what does your team look like these days then? Is it still very much the family operation or have you got it others? Really, yeah, it really is. Um, it's both now. So the, the children are growing up right now. The children are 10 to 20. Mm-hmm. And so they all they all work in the business, as does my husband full time. And then uh, we have six full time employees as well. So wow. everybody's, yeah, everybody's got everybody's got a role, but there's a Mm -hmm. lot of overlap, you know, because it's a small business, because it's a farm, because it's retail, you know, there's a lot of people being pulled in wherever the most urgent need is. Cool. And, um, and what are you managing everything in house? Like obviously you've got the product and the dispatch in house and the customer service. Are you doing all your own marketing too? We do. We do it all. Um, we have tried over the years working with, with several different uh, companies. And for us, we're, we're obviously very unique. I mean, you know, there's, there's not a lot of, a lot of goat milk businesses out there. Um, but because we have the family involved and the children involved, not a lot of marketing companies or you know, companies really, really get us. They don't mm-hmm. really understand how unique we are. And so we found that we're the ones who are best able to relate to our customers. And so, um, you know, right now we're, we're growing as fast as we can handle. And so I, I take it that's a pretty good sign that, that we're doing it the right way. Oh, I would say so. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if the product's meeting the demand and you're making a nice, healthy profit, then I'd say, I'd say you're doing everything pretty right there. Um, okay, PJ, it's been really cool just to run through exactly where the business is right now. But what do you think with all that's going on is the most awesome thing about it? You know, for me, the the best thing for me is that I get to work with my family, helping people with their with their skin problems when it comes to soap. I mean, I get so many emails about people with eczema, things like that, that our soap relieves their symptoms. And then, you know, we're a cow country here in the United States. I don't know what the, the United Kingdom is, but we're it's all about cows here. Well, there's mm-hmm. so many people who can't drink cow milk and they can't, you know, eat ice cream and they can't do things like that because they have, you know, allergies to to um, cow milk or lactose intolerant or whatnot, but most of those people are able to have goat milk products. And so, you know, to teach my family and to work together and to be able to help people is is by far the best part of what I get to do. Nice. And I'm guessing from what you're saying, you've got a couple of really key customer demographics and haven't you? You've got those who need it because it's helping with their skin and those sorts of things. Those, And then you've also got those who can't cope with cow's milk. Yeah. You know, when I started 
making the soap. I made it for our family because I didn't want all the chemicals that were in there. Mm -hmm. But none of us had any skin problems. And so, you know, I thought we were just going to be servicing the market from people like us who just wanted to get back to more natural items. And we do have a big portion of that, but we have an even bigger portion of people with skin issues. And I did not realize how bad psoriasis was, how bad, you know, the eczema was. And so that, you know, you always have to be, to be able to, you know, kind of adjust. And so that was a really big adjustment for us. That's quite a nice adjustment though. It's like, oh, we think we've got this target market. Oh, wow. Look, look at all those millions of people over there. (laughs) Happy days. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And and they're very, um, they're very vocal. So they're, they're your biggest, you know, brand and brand ambassadors. They're the ones that tell everybody that know that are in the, the local groups, you know, the people, because eczema, especially, I mean, they try everything from bleach baths to steroid creams mm. and they still can't get relief. And so something as simple as switching soap and laundry soap is, you know, that's something that, that is just the word of mouth is really great with that. And that's the sort of thing which makes no difference to your daily life once you've done it, does it? It's like... You don't have to find time to use a different soap. You're just using a different soap. Yeah, exactly. Especially you order it on the internet and it just arrives. And so it works really well. Now, PJ, you just said that your customers are huge ambassadors, which I'm sure is responsible for bringing you some of your growth. But how have you gone about growing as much as you have in the time span that you've had your business? What, what would your, I guess, guess what I'm trying to say is what would your top tips to anyone out there who wants to try and hit that magic seven figure turnover? What are your top tips for them on that path to growth? So we were very um, fortunate to get a lot of publicity early on. When Mm -hmm. we started making goat milk soap, goat milk soap was, most people had never even heard of it. We were one of the, the biggest players very quickly into the field. And because we had such a good story, um, you know, mm-hmm. I had eight children. They were all working. We were teaching them how to run the business, how to work in the business. We you, ended up getting a lot of publicity. You, you can see the, uh, the, the booker for the TV show going, what? You tick that box as well? And that, oh, Oh, I can well, see the visual, you know, and all the yep, rest of it. It's like gold yep. dust. Yeah. So we we were we we had a lot of publicity, and that obviously helped um, get our name out there more. But I tell people, publicity is hard, and you have to have a good story because if you know, like right now, everybody is making goat milk soap. It's at every farmer's market. You know, it's everywhere. It's it's no longer new and exciting. And so we don't we don't do any publicity anymore because it doesn't have that impact that it once had. Or yeah. or if it does have the impact, they just go to their local farmer's market and get it from there. So you're advertising <laughs> for other people. You know, but people are tempted, oh, well, if I could just get on, you know, this television show or whatnot. And that mm-hmm. will help, but it can also hurt because that sudden influx mm-hmm. of customers and what, what a lot of new people don't understand is it's really hard on the growth of your business. It's hard to maintain um, your quality assurance. It's hard to maintain your levels of customer service. And that that sudden growth, you know, I would much prefer slow and steady growth than I would those, those sudden spikes um, because it takes a lot of money and a lot of, of cash to be able to fund that growth. And that can, you know, there's a lot of businesses who, who go out of business for growing too quickly because even though they're profitable, they can't manage the cash flow as yeah. opposed to those that are just, you know, slowly plodding along. So I tell people, you know, if you have a really good story that's really unique, yes, you may want to look into you know, publicity, but otherwise don't underestimate just the slow and steady of everybody you talk to, you know, telling them about your business and getting your name out and letting it grow organically that way as well. 
Ah, cool. And um, and any other growth tips in there? Um, you know, I, I was told when I when I first started out the business, and I actually printed this out and, and put it on my wall. And you can argue whether how much of it is true or not. But what it said was, there's the only three ways to grow your business. One is to get more customers. Two is to sell sell more things to your customers. And three is to sell more often to your customers. Mm-hmm. And so what I found is each of those different things are very different focuses. And so, yeah. you know, you have to pay and, and you shouldn't just stay the same, right? There should be times when you're trying to get more customers. There should be times when you're trying to sell more often to your customers. And so if you can pick one of those and say, okay, well, this is going to be our focus for the next six months, right? Mm-hmm. How are we going to do that? So for example, for us, you know, for a long time, it was getting more customers, getting more customers. And then in 2015, we said, okay, well, now we're going to switch over to selling more items to our customers. And that was when we got our, our, our license to be able to sell all the food products and cheese and all of those sorts of things. Yeah. Well, while we were doing that, you know, we, we really kind of didn't focus on adding more customers. That wasn't, that wasn't the focus. And so, but we were able to still grow by expanding to our existing customer base. And so, you know, kind of pick which one you're going to focus on and, and say, okay, well, what, this is our focus for whatever time period is, what are we going to do to, to meet this, this demand and this goal that we're trying to set? I think that is just like amazing advice. Because it, it's such a simple way of looking at, right, what's our focus for the next quarter? Exactly. Which one are exactly. we going to go for? And you're, you're completely right. They are very different things to work on, very different messages to put out there. Now, um, PJ, as well as being pretty good at growing the business, I know you also have, have a love of efficiency. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I'm a fellow lover of efficiency and systems. So I just wonder if there's a couple of little nuggets around that that you could share with the audience. Absolutely. So when you're trying to improve how efficient you are, there's there's two areas you need to look at, right? Mm-hmm. The first one is the small little incremental things. Okay. You know, how do I take a couple steps out of this? How do I take a, you know, something that takes me two, three minutes and get it down to 30 to 45 seconds, right? What can I do? And that's constant. You're constantly looking at, you know, I, I tell the silly stories, right? So when we first started, I mean, we were sending out, we put up the website, you know, we were, we were sending out maybe, you know, five packages a week, right? Mm-hmm. People would like five orders. And so we would just, you know, get our printer, print out the, the postage, cut it out with scissors and tape it on the box, <laughs> right? Yep. Well, then you get to the point where you're doing 50 a week and that cutting that out starts mm-hmm. to become a problem. So you look, you say, okay, well, what, you know, what do I have to do to make this faster? And we brought the label printer where, you know, it's the thermal scan and it just prints it out yeah. and you just pull off the label and stick it on. That's a small, tiny process improvement. And you can, find those every time. You know, another example I use is we make toffee. And when we first started making toffee, we made it in the winter time. And so we would just pour the toffee onto the sheet trays and pull them off and break it. Well, what we found was I went in the, in the kitchen one time and they're sitting there struggling, trying to get the toffee off the, the, the sheet tray. And I was like, mm-hmm. what are you doing? They say, Oh, well, it takes forever. And I said, well, why don't you just pour it on parchment paper? Right? <laughs> and what had happened was because it was the winter, there was no humidity. Well, in the summertime, the humidity came out and it was sticking and they were just doing it the same way they'd always done it. And it was taking them hours extra because of that. Whereas they just put the parchment paper down and now you know, it comes right off. Well, And you've so, saved on some washing up there as well, which is always good in my book. Exactly. And so you have to constantly keep those, you know, your eye out for those little things. But on the other hand, you have to every once in a while, and this is something that 
you have to seriously sit down and think about is, okay, what are the massive changes that we can make, right? What Mm -hmm. are the things that just because we've always looked at it this way, well, how do we take it and look at it a completely different way? And that's a lot harder. And sometimes you'll spend, you know, a week or two looking at them and you won't come up with anything, but other times you'll just like have this massive shift in, in your systems. And what I've often found is, um, when I have people, you know, in my life that are coming in, I kind of ask them, you know, what do you see that we're doing that you would do completely differently? Um, because sometimes it takes that outside eye to have a new look, to be able to show those things. And those are foundational shifts that you're just like, oh my gosh, how did I not think of this, you know, two (laughs) years ago kind of thing. But I I think that's, those, those are so hard to find if you're just constantly working in your own business, which I hope that the stories we share on the podcast help people find a few of those because it can be someone else coming in or it could be listening to someone else and their story sometimes. Exactly. Exactly. You know, for us, it was, um, making the shift to not just be internet, you know, that Mm -hmm. was foundational. And I tell people the mistake that I made at the time, I thought going into the food products, I thought doing that was going to be just adding a new piece to our business. And it wasn't, it was starting a a new business completely from Mm -hmm. scratch. And I did not see that coming. I mean, that really, <laughs> really took us by surprise. And so we've had to, you know, kind of scramble over these past two years, um, coming up on three years now to adjust to not just being an internet company, but being a destination and, you know, and, and meeting all of those needs that people who come to your farm and come to your location want to do. And there's a place for that. And I'm glad we did it. But I got to tell you, being an um, internet based business was so much easier. It was <laughs> so much easier. Yeah, it's something I, t- I say to people a lot of the time, you are like, Oh, yeah, we're just gonna open a shop. I'm like, are you sure? Or, or the converse of someone who's got their boutique uh, in their, you know, their local town who are thinking I'll start selling my products online. It's like, well, they're two completely different business models, completely different business models. So you've got to be ready for the different demands of the different customers and the different skill sets. And, and like you say, it, it's a big, steep learning curve to, to add one on to the other. It really does change everything. It really does. You know, once you get there, there's a lot of economies of scale because there's a lot of mm-hmm. overlap. But you're right. It is it is something you need to think long and hard about because it's 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 a lot of work. It's a lot different. Cool. Well, look, I think uh, on the on the back of those couple of top tips, we should move into the top tips round. All right. Before we dive into the top tips, here's a reminder of our sponsor. Dotmailer is a SaaS marketing platform that enables companies to create, test and send data-driven automated campaigns, including email. The technology integrates with key business systems such as e-commerce platforms and CRMs, providing access to rich insights in real time, a powerful advantage in today's customer-centric market. Head over to dotmailer.com for a free platform demo or trial. Now, I love this section, as you probably all already know, because it gives me and all of you out there some really quick ideas for taking our businesses to the next level. PJ, first up, your book top tip. If everyone listening to this podcast agreed to take Friday off and read a book to make their business better, which book would you recommend? 
I'm a big believer in the book Margin by Richard Swenson. Um, it's it's written, written more towards your, your personal life, but there are so many applications to your business about putting in the space that you need to be able to move your business forward. So I definitely recommend that one. Oh, I've not heard of that one. I should have to go and check it out myself. It's quite good at the moment. Lots of people I'm interviewing at the moment are giving me new books I've never heard of. Really yeah, that's always fun. <laughs> always good. We're getting through a spate where I'd heard of all of them and now we're getting the, the different ones in. Awesome. Um, right. Anyway, enough enough of my reading habits. Uh, the traffic top tip. Which marketing method do you either prize above all others or think doesn't get the press it deserves? We've tried a lot of different things um, and we, we like to bootstrap, so we don't put a, a whole lot of money into our marketing. Um, the newest one that has paid off brilliantly for us is Facebook Live. And I was really hesitant to use it, but it's been for us, we had a we have, we're a little bit unique, but we had our kidding season where we had 149 baby goats born this year. Ooh, wow. And we Facebook lived all of those births. Really? And yeah, yeah. And we were just doing it because, you know, you're out there, you're spending your time with them. It's not hard to, to have the phone on. Mm. But it it really broadened our customer base, which was a very, very nice side benefit. So I don't think the Facebook Live for things that aren't interesting, but if you have mm. some unique, you know, content on there yeah. that, that you can put, it definitely captured a lot of attention. What a great, great idea. And uh, you're the first person to mention Facebook Live. So that's that's another first. Um, the tool top tip, maybe a collaboration tool, a social media plug in a phone app or just a way of working. Is there a cool little tool that you use that makes you and your team more efficient from day to day? Um, so I, a couple of years ago, invested in the Evernote scanner. Um, I'm assuming you're familiar with Evernote. Well, they have a scanner. And so I spoke with my lawyer and my accountant, and they said that I could keep all of my paperwork, um, with the exception of my tax returns and any like legal documents, on Evernote. So we just scan all our business invoices, all our receipts, all our liability waivers, anything important, and they get automatically filed in Evernote. And it has reduced the paper and we can find things so quickly when we <laughs> need them. It's, that was really worth the investment. Oh, wow. And that's, that's a first as well. Now, can we get a clean <laughs> sweep here? Can we get all four as firsts? Oh, I think, now the pressure's on. Yeah, and I think the startup one could be quite tricky. Anyway, the startup top tip, if you met someone this weekend who's thinking of starting an e-commerce business, what would be your first tip for them? That's a difficult question just to begin with. Um, I would have to say that... You need to get five people and have them go on your e-commerce platform that you put up and tell you what they like and what they hate before you even launch it to the public. Because so many people I have found think that they understand how people work and what they want and that they're answering the right questions and they're not. So I would get, you know, an, an older person, a younger person, a male, a female, a minority, and have them all go and be like, okay, tell me what you love. Tell me what you hate. Because if you put up a website that people that doesn't answer the questions because that's what people want. People don't want to have to interact with you. They want to just go and see and get their information. Boom, right there. And so having that before you even launch it to the public, I think would make a huge difference. 
I think certainly by saying get five people, which I thought was a really cunning way to be unique. I'm, I'm respecting that. Um, I think you got the clean sweep there. Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> So, Masterplan World, you can get those unique, high-quality top tips and links to everything else we've been chatting about in today's episode by heading over to ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash podcast, where you'll see a link to this show. PJ, before we say goodbye, please do let the listeners know where they can find you and your business on the web and social media. Oh, absolutely. So, the easiest place to our home base is our website, which is at www.goatmilkstuff.com. And you can find all our social media where I'm pretty much everything under Goat Milk Stuff. You can get our email and phone number there. And I also want to offer your listeners a free bar of soap if that's something they're interested in. Oh, wow. Yeah. And to get that, you just go to the website again at goatmilkstuff.com slash master soap. And master soap is all one word. What a generous offer. Thank you very much. Spreading oh, the word. You're very welcome. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, look, uh, everybody, you can find links to all of that and details of that very special offer and everything else we talked about in the show notes. They are at ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash podcast or just go to the website, click on the podcast tab or use the search box. PJ, thank you so much for being on the e-commerce masterplan podcast today and being so incredibly generous sharing your experience with us. It's been awesome. Oh, you're very welcome. Thanks for having me. Wow, what a fascinating business. I found the whole totally different approach, really, when you're dealing with product that is made by the animals you're farming, because you only have so much product. You can't just pick up the phone and order in another thousand. So I like the fact she's focusing on the growing organically and those warnings about publicity I think they're so true and just so you so you know those of you who haven't been on our website they've been on Oprah and the Today Show and some massive massive programs um, or TV programs rather so you know I think it's really coming from the heart that warning about publicity potentially not being actually what you want and the challenges it brings so I thought that was a very interesting interesting session to get you all thinking about those surprise customer groups and um, and those really I kind of think probably the best thing for me in that interview was the three ways to grow, get more customers, get them to buy more often or get them to buy more items. And maybe all of you should go, right, okay, from now until Christmas, which one are we going to focus on? Or for the next quarter, which one is going to be my primary focus? Do I want to sell more to my existing customers? Do I want to get more customers or do I want to get my customers to buy more often? Which one is my focus? Well, let me know what you think of that and uh, join in the discussion at in our Facebook group, the e-commerce masterplan world Facebook group, which you'll find at ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash Facebook, or just have a search for it on Facebook. And um, I'll uh, catch up with you all next week. So have a great week and keep optimizing. Thank you for listening to the e-commerce masterplan podcast. Find out more at ecommercemasterplan.com.